0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Teaching Reconsidered, a podcast about teachers and students working together to drive powerful learning. I'm Ben Lord with Jean Moon, and today we're talking about First Draft Thinking.
1: Welcome to Teaching Reconsidered. So Ben and I are here today to talk with you about First Draft thinking. I can say that first draft thinking is certainly one of the favorite pedagogical ideas that has evolved over the last year or so. However, our audience may be scratching their heads a bit on this one. Just what is first draft thinking? So why don't we start with that idea, Ben?
0: Yeah, okay. So uh, the idea of a draft, of course, comes from writing. An author doesn't just start on page one and write through to the end and then end up with a finished book ready to send off to their publisher. I mean, they might wish it worked that way, right? But writers will tell you that any piece of writing goes through preliminary versions, sometimes lots of them. And each version, each draft is changed and revised and made better So writers don't expect their first attempts to be finished products, but you have to start somewhere. So you write something, and that's what a first draft is. The first draft is the start.
1: Right. And so simply put another way, they are trying out ideas.
0: Yeah. And lots of ideas don't end up making the cut, right? Things get left on the drawing room floor. New things get added. Like things get tried out and if they work, they get put in. And if they don't, they're abandoned.
1: So that's first draft in writing. Now let's think about first draft thinking.
0: Right. So the idea of first draft thinking is that the same revision process is happening when we learn, when we try to figure something out, our understanding goes through revisions. It doesn't matter whether you're trying to make sense of the roots of the Cold War or what the equal sign means in arithmetic. Our first ideas are bound to be clumsy and rough, but we revise and we change them just like writers do. So first draft thinking is just your first roughest, clumsiest understanding. But rough and clumsy is okay because our earliest ideas are supposed to be messy. They're just going to get revised anyway.
1: I think that's really, really the case. First draft thinking is thinking that takes place when students are trying out ideas, trying out their initial understandings about something, maybe not so well informed as they could be later on as those ideas develop and become more fully formed. But the exciting piece is to imagine students building their ideas out piece by piece,
0: That's right. That's right. So calling it first draft thinking just acknowledges that.
1: It's kind of like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. Think about it. When putting together a puzzle, you try out puzzle pieces until you find pieces that go together. Something like ideas going together, fitting, supporting one another, and guiding one to the next set of exciting puzzle pieces. (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's a great image. Uh, First draft thinking is incomplete, like that puzzle where all the pieces are missing. Um, So yeah. Uh, Can I push back on this just a little bit? Sure. All right. Would you agree that people do this kind of first draft thinking all the time? Anyway, like this is naturally what happens in people's minds when they learn?
1: Yes, I would. I think we are doing first draft thinking all the time.
0: Okay. Okay. So then if people are first draft thinking all the time, then why should teachers make a fuss about it? Like why spend time talking about it here in our podcast?
1: I find that teachers want students to understand subject matter at a deep level, but students often get stuck at the surface. Students come to school concerned about having the right answer. They want the answer they think their teachers are going to be looking for. And it's really kind of hard, don't you think, to move students out of that? Mm. The challenge is, how do we do it? How do we help students move past that stuck part? How can we support students to go from chasing the right answer to building knowledge?
0: Okay, but don't we want students to have the right answer? I mean, why is looking for the right answer a problem?
1: Because when students think their role is to provide those right answers, they are not likely to do the heavy lifting. They're not going to pose questions, build arguments, or represent one's ideas, their ideas, on a pathway toward reasoning. To extend the jigsaw jigsaw image, first draft talk puts students at the table with the pieces and gives them a chance to start putting things together. Instead of having them try to pick the piece, they believe their teacher wants them to pick. Mm. Well, the right answer may direct students to certain pieces, certain facts, but it misses the mark. We're trying to build a picture. We're trying to explain big ideas.
0: Okay. So you're saying that Students will have a better shot of reaching that deeper understanding the teachers are trying to help them grasp if they stop seeing learning as right or wrong and start seeing it as something more open-ended, something that could keep getting revised forever, like in writing.
1: Right, like in writing. An ongoing process of reasoning and revision.
0: And that's why you're saying first draft thinking is so important.
1: Absolutely. So mm. let's, let's think about what this process might look like in the classroom.
0: All right. So I got a story. Um, a few years ago, in one of my biology classes, my students and I were trying to figure out how genes get passed on from parents to offspring. They were different in so many respects, the shape of their noses, the look of their eyes, the sound of their voices. And yet their bodies grew under direction of the genes from the same two parents. So we dug into this problem and once we did, it became apparent that it was tricky. And as is our habit, we started by writing down a list of our initial ideas, kind of like our first draft thinking on a piece of paper, a chart paper that we'd hang on the wall through the unit. And throughout the unit, we kept coming back to that same piece of chart paper and we'd take the new information we'd learned and we'd compare it with our first ideas and then We'd write in, like physically write in on the page, how our thinking had changed right onto that chart. And we'd cross out old ideas and add in new ones. And long after that unit was over, I held onto that piece of chart paper, not because of how clearly the ideas were expressed or because it captured some deep insight that the students had had about genetics, Really, I kept on to it for the opposite reason because that chart paper was an absolute mess. Like things were crossed out everywhere. There was writing in five different colors representing these revisions that had been made on like different days. And there were arrows like crisscrossing the page from where one idea had trailed off to where it had been completed later by someone else. Uh, And in some places, it was nearly illegible as like ideas were crammed into the corner. Years after that, I pulled that paper out to show my classes at the beginning of a new semester. This is what we're trying to do. This is how things go in this classroom. It's messy, it's circuitous. And here our thinking isn't ever perfect. We're gonna change it all the time.
1: Ben, that's great. I can see a lot of resistance to this from teachers and from students. For example, as a teacher, I might be nervous. I might think something like, they haven't been taught anything on this topic. They're not really going to have anything to say. And if they do, it's just going to be crazy, out in the left field sort of ideas. And for the students, their version of that, why does it matter what I think? I don't know anything yet. How can I have any ideas? And even if we did start, Asking students about their first draft ideas, they might not say anything. We have such a long history of chasing right answers. And finally, many times students don't like doing multiple drafts. They want this to go smoothly, they want to have it come out right the very first time. So, how do we overcome all of this, Ben?
0: All right. Well, (laughs) um, slowly, I think uh, we need signposts, right? Students need frequent reminders that knowledge is a work in progress, that we are always revising our thinking, and that teachers are inviting that. So in my classes, I talk about first draft thinking explicitly with my students. I tell them explicitly it's okay not to know. It's not your job to know right now. It's your job to come up with ideas. And that it's our work to try and explain things anyway, even when we don't know. Second, I guess, we just have to keep asking for their first draft thinking. And we have to genuinely listen to their ideas. And we have to take them seriously. And third, we've got to make space to talk about them. Giving students a chance to wrestle with the big questions together is the biggest signal that you can give that, yeah, those ideas matter because we're carving out valuable class time to talk about them. But even then, it still takes courage for students to step into that discussion.
1: I understand. Yes, working to come up with the courage to share your thinking publicly is really no small matter. Students need support in finding this courage. They need affirmation for their courage. When I have observed classrooms where teachers are building confidence, they give students lots of time to build first draft thinking. In particular, I remember one teacher I observed who would say, you know, let's all take some quiet time to think about our ideas. Well, that gave permission to focus on what they actually were thinking, whether fully formed or not fully formed.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I remember a student raised her hand in one of my classes, and even after I called on her, she hesitated and said, could it be that the planets seem to travel backwards across the sky sometimes because because they travel at different speeds at different points and no no never mind no never mind and she sat back in her chair like all embarrassed that she put forward this half baked idea probably wishing that she'd never said anything at all but you me the teacher knew that this is super productive this was one of the most useful ideas to come out of the discussion so far so how do we acknowledge this student's idea? How do we communicate to everyone that this is exactly the type of thing that students should be doing? So I think I said something, something like this. It's like, that's awesome, Kaylee. That was a great example of first draft thinking. It sounds like your idea was about how planets travel at different speeds in different parts of their orbits. Kind of like we discovered last week. But it sounds like you also rejected that idea. Can you tell us why you rejected that idea?
1: So where are we at with all of this? I think the point is, we do not want students to solely focus on getting a particular answer, whether it is right or wrong. But through generating questions, I'm going to say that again. Mm -hmm. Through generating questions, through sharing ideas with classmates and developing first draft thinking, we hope they will articulate what they are beginning to figure out, beginning to understand. And that's exciting. Regardless of the subject matter, there can be many opportunities for students to engage in first draft thinking. And I think regardless of age, there can be opportunities and ways in which children can begin to build their courage around first draft thinking.
0: Mm. Happy revising. Teaching Reconsidered is a production of the Tidemark Institute. This episode was written by Ben Lord and Jean Moon. Tune in next week when Jean discusses classroom culture. You can find more tools for teaching at our website, teachingreconsidered.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk more soon.